All right, welcome back to the show. This is the Gospel for Life. We're so glad that you are joining us this morning on your way to work, or perhaps you're listening to this at a podcast on a podcast somewhere. Around the table, we do have um, Jonathan Van Hoogen with us, pastor of Dayspring Reformed Church. Glad you're here today, brother. I'm glad to be here. We're wh- we're whittling down the normal people here, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, it's just you and the me. Normal Who are these other people? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the abnormal people. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm Josh Bells. I'm one of the pastors at the Well Church. One of your co-hosts here. Um, do have a couple special guests with us, Pastor Tim Hazelbaker is back from Middleton First Baptist Church. I just thought this was a sign of the economy or something that you keep calling me back. (laughs) Oh, it is. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Ben Rao, one of our pastoral interns at The Well. Glad you're here today, brother. Very happy to be here. So last week, um, so we're kind of following the church calendar a bit, aren't we? Mm -hmm. So um, in in the last series that we did, we talked about Ascension, uh, which was 40 days after um, Jesus's resurrection. And so the next thing on the church calendar, of course, is Pentecost, which is uh, this coming Sunday, June 5th. Um, Pentecost happened 50 days after uh, the Lord rose from the dead. And so we want to take a look at this event and the implications that it has on the church today. So let's just start with getting a hold of the context. Um, what happened at Pentecost? Maybe we can start by reading it. Reading Acts chapter 2. Yeah, while well, we have the Brit do it. Yeah, he's got the voice. <laughs> is, is the text in front of you, brother? It is in front of me. Yeah. Right. And let's not read the whole thing. Let's just read through, um, I don't know, through verse uh, 13 for now. So this is Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome. Both Jews and proselytes. Oh, did it again. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? I missed it. On Sunday, uh, he was reading a text from uh, Matthew 23, <laughs> and he can't say the word proselytes. <laughs> proselytes. There we go. Both Jews I, and proselytes. Yeah, yeah. I guess you have to be uh, learn to speak in tongues to even speak this uh, passage, right? <laughs> yeah, and we're hearing it in our own <laughs> studio today. Right. Shall I finish? Yeah, let's let's finish. (laughs) Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others, mocking, said, they are filled with new wine. All right. So let's get a little bit of a historical context here. Um, What's the significance? I'm a Gentile. What, what 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 is Pentecost? Well, as you mentioned, it is it is uh, part of the Passover week, and it was one of the 
a three particular feasts that the devout Jews would come up uh, to Jerusalem to celebrate. Um, now, was it the Feast of the Harvest? Yeah, it it commemorates the end of the the grain harvest, and uh, you know this was a uh, this was a feast that celebrated the giving of the law at Mount Sinai, and so they came back to Jerusalem uh, for this event every year. Uh, so there would have been a large gathering. Some of the people would that had come, and if they had traveled far, that had come up, uh, you know, for Passover would have just still been in the city. Some of those that had been there when Christ was crucified would have probably still been in the same area and hadn't returned. Uh, so, so there were people this, from all over the known world Yes, that particularly, particularly the Mediterranean, you know, particularly the Mediterranean world. In fact, if you did a little bit of a map, you would, you know, with all the names that have been given, you would, you, you could put a circle around Jerusalem, which was the crossroads of the world. Yeah. You, know, you think about it, you know, I mean, it connects three, you know, three continents, right? Europe, Asia, and Africa, you know, so, you know, that's the crossroads. So the borders of those areas, um, you know, where um, persecution had spread the Jews to many parts of the world. Yeah. That's where they would have been coming from. Yeah. So um, historically, there was this uh, Feast of Harvest, which they were celebrating the, the God, God's blessing of um, the fruits coming into land. And now there's a spiritual um, application being given here uh, 50 days after Jesus um, goes into heaven that there's a spiritual Pentecost, now a spiritual bringing in of um, Gentiles. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. you, you mentioned off the air that, of course, it's not as if God in the Old Testament never had salvation for Gentiles. Of course he did. There were Gentiles yeah. in Jesus' own genealogy. But this was really an explosion of the of the gospel going all over the world that yes yes but let me just interject a but there um remember this is pentecost and this is this is a, a, a feast celebrated by the jews so you're talking about um religious people um jewish people not necessarily they they were scattered among the nations but we're not talking about the nations specifically here we're, we're talking about those that were you know, unless they were proselytes, as you mentioned, <laughs> it's proselytes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just following. I'm just following Ben there. You know, he was speaking he in that English tongue. He was speaking in that English tongue. But uh, you know, they, they, they would have been, they would have been already incorporated into that Jewish church. Right. My my point is yeah. that when, once they go went back out. Yes. Uh, then you see some of these missionary journeys of Paul, especially. He's going to places where the gospel had reached, and he hadn't been there yet. Yeah, Why? Yeah, yeah. Well, because of this event, like th- these people that had converged upon Jerusalem. Yeah. If you look at First Peter, you know, and some of these same places are mentioned in First Peter. Um, they may never have heard the gospel apart from what they heard at Pentecost. Yep. And gone back with it. Yep. So real quick, let's just talk about the relationship between um, uh, miraculous signs and um, the gospel itself. So we know that the signs themselves aren't the the main show. The signs are meant to confirm the message. Um, When these these tongues um, started being spoken, um, Peter immediately said, oh, 
the, he, he goes, this this is what this means. And then he goes on to quote the prophet Joel. Yeah, you had you had phenomena that took place. You know, there the rushing the rushing wind and and this divided tongues as a fire. There was a there was a a division division that rested upon each one of the people in that upper room. So some maybe 120 people or something these were the the disciples and uh, those who were following Christ uh who had remained in Jerusalem as Jesus had instructed them to do yeah and uh you know they they're still they're still now out in public yeah. <laughs> you know there's you know and this happens but it's a phenomena that's heard around mm-hmm. and so when they do come out and begin speaking uh, it's the crowd that says, what does this mean? And, and the miracle itself, it draws attention to, Yeah, I mean, the point of Pentecost is not, um, it's it's not speaking in tongues. That that happens. Yeah, it's it's kind of like an accident, you know, where you hear something and everybody rushes to hear, what, yeah. see what was going on. There was, yeah. a, there was a Jewish custom at the time where, for I think for all feasts, um, they didn't begin feasting until the fourth hour. So mm-hmm. this happened at the third hour. Which is why mm-hmm. it, there was a commotion. People were going, "Well, hang on, the feast hasn't yeah, we're, started yet. We're, we're supposed to be fasting at the moment." <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then, throughout the Book of Acts, so just to maybe use this as like a, a a type that a pattern. Throughout the Book of Acts, you see great healings, you see um, great miracles take place, but all of those served as a confirmation. Um, of of the message or the messenger of the messenger, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, then Peter gets up and and he starts to explain um, what these tongues mean, right? Mm-hmm. So he says, uh, but Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, that this be known to you and give ear to my words. <laughs> For those people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, as you just mentioned, Ben. But this is what is uttered by uh, the prophet Joel. And in the last days, it shall be God declares that I will pour out my flesh on all, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. On your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and my female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And so, um, what Peter is, is he's interpreting the Old Testament here. He, Jesus just rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and now he's saying, this is what the prophets have been talking about um, from days of old, that now we're in the, the last days, that, that um, the old Jewish uh, dispensation, as it were, is, is coming to an end, and the gospel is now being poured out on all flesh. Um, it's it's in, in in one sense in the Old Testament it was um, localized in in Israel not not to not to say that other Gentiles weren't saved but but now all flesh is going to have this this outpouring of the Spirit upon them. BB Warfield had a really interesting article that he wrote, uh, and it, it's called I think the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, and he kind of traces the the working of the Holy Spirit kind of like what you were just talking about. It was you know, mostly localized, he was mostly localized to uh, Israel. Um, but then he points out that, you know, the main operation of the Spirit was in a handful of people for a short time, mm-hmm. right? You'd you'd have the judges, and the Spirit would rush on a judge, and then he'd do the job that he was supposed to do, and then the Spirit would go away, mm-hmm. right? Or, or Saul, you know, he's getting ready to go to war, the Spirit rushes on him, or, you know, the Spirit clothed Gideon like a garment. 
And what Warfield points out is this transition that happens uh, is that the Spirit isn't just on these handful of people for a short amount of time until they do their job. The Spirit is now on all of God's people for all time. Yeah. We, we talked about that a little bit last week, like the difference between the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Of course, the Holy Spirit had to be in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, no, nobody could get saved. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the difference between like a, a, your, your, your faucet trickling out water and Niagara Falls. Um, what Christ brought in through the New Covenant was, was an absolute explosion of blessing. Okay, so um, maybe we'll just wrap up here and and mention um, we have lots more to talk about on on Pentecost. There's we haven't even gotten to the main point of it yet, so please continue to tune in. But we do have a, a Reformation Boise conference that we want to announce uh, coming up this uh, year, October twenty first and twenty second is our annual Reformation Boise conference. We have two wonderful speakers, Doctor Joel Beakey and Doctor Derek Thomas. Now, so. One's a Dutch guy and one's a Welsh, a Welsh a guy. Yeah, yeah. So and, this is international, man. Yeah, <laughs> tongues. We won't require <laughs> you to speak in tongues to come to the conference. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they they will be speaking in English. Um, but the church, the theme this year is on the church. Um, I, I can't think of a, a more uh, relevant theme. Um, in, in the, the time that we live in right now. Of course, uh, it is for free, so y- if you just go to reformationboise.com, you can register. Uh, there'll be uh, two nights of, of speaking and teaching, and uh, we'll have food trucks there, we'll have uh, books there for sale, and it'll be a wonderful time of fellowship. I hope that you can make it. Go to reformationboise.com today, and you can register. We'll see you next time.